Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Well, you're not walking in sunshine outside, but as I always say, we try to bring sunshine into your life here on the Watchdog Morning Show every weekday morning from 7 to 10. Good morning. Welcome to our number tray of the big gig for a Tuesday. It's 9:10, 10 minutes after the hour. 59 degrees pretty much across the board. 59 at the airport, 59 at the Highlands, 60 in Elm Grove, and 59 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to be mostly cloudy, high around 68 or so during the day today. Day. We've been into a number of different things this morning, and you're welcome to use the Frio Stack Auction Service text line if you would like to to reflect on any of these subjects. That's 304 214 1600, or you could call us on the Frio Stack Auction Service phone line 304 232 8255. The Ohio County Schools last night apologized, and an employee is gone in the wake of a tweet on the school account that featured uh, some questionable visuals. Apparently, the individual in question was on his own account looking at some uh, scurrilous activity and because he was also signed into the Ohio County School account he has access to it it kind of co-mingled with the account there I guess Uh, and uh, so the schools have had to apologize profusely and uh, they have uh, and and I don't know the the employee has resigned I do not know if it's a forced resignation or if he simply resigned. Now, Howard, you're a real pro. I, I picture you in the evening. You and I text almost every evening. Right. But you're probably sitting there in your chair. You're talking to Nancy. You have a TV show on. At times, you might be texting, what, four, five, even more people at Absolutely. one time? Absolutely. And and that's dangerous. So what is your safety net, Howard? I, I have none. <laughs> I, last night's a good example. It was not a big, no big problem. I was texting to both my son, Justin, and Jason, two completely different conversations, two different matters altogether. Uh, but I I sent a note to uh, Jason, uh, do you need me to pick you up at 1030 or something like that? And I got a note back saying, huh? <laughs> what do you have in mind, Howard? Sorry, wrong, <laughs> wrong son. Um, the worst that's ever happened to me, and this has happened to me, I was talking to my boss – in another arena, and I was talking to my employee, both at the same time. And my boss and I were talking about the employee. And unfortunately, I sent what was supposed to be a comment about the employee to my boss, to the employee. I spent some time trying to explain that one. You got to be careful what you're doing here, people. You got to be careful. And I told you earlier, I I am an administrator for our our, uh, church account, church Facebook page. And sometimes my Facebook will simply change me to Vance Church. And I, last week, I was posting, as I always do, some political stuff. And I thought it was going to my account. 
And then I, I, I said, oh, my God, I'm putting this political. I don't want that on my, I don't want the advanced people to think that Vance is putting this stuff out. It was Monroe. I had to go back and delete everything. So I think the point you're making is it's not all that hard to make a mistake. But if you're, you know, the school system, you really should be careful. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to send you a text that I had intended to send to my wife right. or somebody else, but that that is totally different, and, and it costs the person his job. Absolutely. The other big story this morning, Governor Justice finally has filed his financial disclosure for a Senate candidacy. What we learned is he has all kinds of assets, almost no income, $3,500 from coaching basketball. Does that mean a garage sale is right around the corner, Howard? And he's got heavy, heavy debt. The interesting part about that, again, if you were not with us earlier, and you can check the story out at WVMetroNews.com, uh, an unknown debt an unknown debt he has is to Bray Carey, the former TV mogul and former uh, assistant in his office, in Governor Justice's office, uh, who lent him between one and five million, they do it in ranges. Between one and five million dollars from Kerry himself, and another one to five million from the Kerry Foundation. Uh, what for? Twenty twenty one was the year. Why did he need it? You're right. Maybe it was to save. I don't know. And Howard, I think this is a great idea too. A little tacky, but that's never stopped the governor before. You know, wherever <laughs> you go with b baby dog, have pictures, have T-shirts. People will buy them. Well, he, he is doing that, but he does it on his uh, campaign account. Uh, the um, I'm trying to think what it's called in in the Democrats called Act Blue. It's it's a generic Republican account, and that's so. Yes, there is a baby dog store, and you can buy baby dog pictures and keychains and T-shirts and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and the money goes to the governor's, but not. I don't think I don't think it goes to his personal account. It goes to his campaign account. And by the way, the Ohio County School Board, geez, you know, things are not going well for them. School bus crash this morning. Ooh. Uh, school bus, uh, this was um, about an hour ago. School bus crashed on Boggs Hill in Ohio County. Uh, let me read this story from the Big Seven. The school bus apparently crashed into another vehicle. I'm looking at a picture of it. It was an SUV, a gray SUV. Uh, the school bus crashed into another vehicle. The vehicle hit a pole. One adult, three students in the vehicle. No kids were in the bus at the time, so it was an empty bus. No one apparently injured. At the time, this was an hour ago, so probably has since cleared away. But at the time, uh, traffic was backed up on Boggs Hill Road. There were no citations given, quote, at this time. What caused the crash not released. So that's from the Big Seven. And Bob Westfall coming up about half an hour or so. He might have more info for us. <laughs> It's not been a good, not been a good twelve hours or so for the Ohio County school system. Certainly hasn't been. But uh, the best news is that. Um Looks like no injuries. Absolutely. And there were no injuries there. No kids there. on the bus. Yep. No kids were on the bus, so there was no injury there. Or could have been, I guess, the the driver, but he was. There were no injuries there. No kids on the bus. There were three students in the vehicle that was hit. Um, but apparently there were no injuries there either. But I'm just saying, it's <laughs> school system, it's got to be going, oh, you got to be kidding me. You know, we just got last night at midnight, we got through this tweet business. Eight o'clock this morning, school bus crash. Holy mackerel. Um, through no fault of anybody who runs things, it just happens. 916 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Now, I want to talk later on about Senator Manchin. I've got to get some of this stuff in. But coming up next, Zachary Roth has written an article for a couple of these online services that I use, Ohio Capital Journal, uh, watch.com, uh, about 
across the country how some Republican state lawmakers are trying to take control of the electoral process uh, and give it to themselves so they can hold on to their power. We'll talk to Zach coming up next. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Trio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioandStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. All right, man. This is it. I know you've been training hard all summer. Now it's time to cash in on all that work. This is the beginning of an important journey for all of us. Join the Pine Room Podcast Boys as they take it on the road. Join them every Friday at Gumby's from 12 to 3 p.m. Sponsored by Gumby's and Jill's Gentleman's Club. Now let's keep this momentum going. And make this season the one to remember. Followed by Matt Jones' pre-owned auto Friday afternoon walkthrough. From 3 to 5 p.m. The Watchdog. Your home for high school sports. FM 98.1, 97.7, AM 1600, 1370. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from 120000 to $1. $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit OmniPerforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Time to pack the lunchbox. Check the backpack. Get the kids back to school. And we're right there with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe.
2020 after the hour watchdog morning show it is a tuesday edition here of the big gig we're looking at a mostly cloudy day high around 68 roaming right around 59 at all of the uh, points 59 at the airport 59 at the highlands 60 actually uh, in Elm Grove and 59 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I have talked frequently on this show about efforts across the country and quite frankly real close to home by Republican lawmakers in a variety of states to try to get control of the elections process uh, even at the expense of elected elections officials uh, and at the expense of ignoring court orders in order to maintain power and in order to expand their power. We have talked a lot, uh, particularly in, with the assistance of our friends from the Ohio Capital Journal, uh, about what's been happening in the Buckeye State over the past year or so. You remember all of the redistricting maps that were proposed and rejected, and the Supreme Court said, no, those are unconstitutional. And eventually, uh, we had an election with unconstitutional maps because they said that's the best we can do. That is not the only example here. Um, and when I came across this article, Zachary Roth had written, he writes for the state's newsroom, which provides news to the Ohio Capital Journal and to WV Watch, WestVirginiaWatch.com, both of whom we frequently uh, use here on the show. Uh, it, it resonated with me because Zachary is saying a lot of what I have been saying, and I asked him to come on and join us. Zachary, good morning and welcome to the show. Really good piece. Um, I, I say that because you say a lot of things I've been saying, so it's a, it's, a, it's a really good piece. But this is not an isolated incident or two. This seems to be a real trend across the country, efforts to take control of the elections process even when you shouldn't, right? That's exactly right. Um, and and in, in many of these cases that we're talking about, we're talking about things that have been happening not only in Ohio, as you mentioned, but Wisconsin, Alabama, North Carolina, Florida, a number of other states, and we can get into the details. But in, in many of these cases, we should say, at, at the root of it is, is maintaining power over the redistricting process, because lawmakers know that, you know, the, the power to, to write maps and, and, and who, who controls the, the process of drawing those lines is so crucial to, to maintaining power. They're doing a number of different things up to it, including simply ignoring U.S. Supreme Court rulings. But one of the trends that I see that is most frightening, again, in numerous states, is the effort to remove elect, elected officials with whom they disagree, to impeach them or to sometimes just remove them. Governor DeSantis in Florida has just removed a few prosecutors, for example. Um, but that's part of the trend, just get... Somebody gets elected to a position they don't like the the job they're they're doing or the position they take. Uh, the legislature is trying to t get rid of them and take control of things themselves. I think that is probably the the, the clearest and, and most dangerous threat to democracy that that all of these out of all of these moves and, and the, the most blatant one that we've seen lately is in Wisconsin, where uh, voters in in April elected a Supreme Court justice. Uh, by an 11-point margin, which, um, especially in a, in a real closely divided state like Wisconsin, is, is an enormous margin. So voters sending a, a very clear message. Uh, and Republican lawmakers now have turned around and pointed to comments that she made on the campaign trail where she talked about the, the state legislative maps and said they were rigged. 
and, and they've used that as a pretext for why she should be impeached. Um, they haven't yet moved forward on impeachment there. I think they're maybe getting cold feet and they're kind of delaying right now, but they have certainly raised the threat of impeaching her. As you point out, the, the, the sort of judicial commission in Wisconsin has confirmed she did nothing wrong in, in saying the maps were rigged. Many candidates in, in those judicial races make ideological or opinionated statements like that with, with no repercussions. That's kind of how judicial elections work in Wisconsin. So it's clearly a pretext. But what Republicans want to do is get rid of that additional liberal vote on the court that would be likely to rule against their uh, their state legislative maps. Uh, right now, there's a four to three liberal majority. If they can get her off the court and make it three to three, they have a chance of holding on to those maps, which have given them about a two two to one majority in both in the Senate and the House, roughly. Uh, at a time when, again, Wisconsin's overall electorate is very closely divided between Re Republicans and Democrats. Zachary, I see such great irony in the fact that it is the Republicans um, currently uh, and for the last couple of years who have been claiming that the Democrats stole their elections and, st and, and, and that the elections were not fair and honest. And now it's the Republicans who are trying to effectively steal democracy to make sure the elections only go their way. There's great irony in that, I think. There is. I mean, this trend, I think, has been going on not just in recent months or the last year or even since the 2020 election, uh, but over the last decade. I wrote a book in 2016 about the various ways in which conservatives and Republicans were launching an assault on democracy, and we were talking about restrictions on voting, you know, voter ID laws, getting rid of early voting, those kinds of things. Uh, the, the wave of gerrymanders in states like Wisconsin and Ohio and North Carolina and Florida and Texas that we saw not just this time around, but last cycle in 2011, 2012, um, some of the, re the removal of restrictions on, on pouring corporate money into politics so that corporations can, can essentially get away with uh, putting as much money as they want in, into races, uh, a, a number of ways in which uh, the, the, the attempts to sort of rig, rig the game in, in favor of one party um, and completely abandoning any principle of political equality that, that's at the heart of our democracy. So many of the, the concepts of what I would call normal operation of government have gotten turned on their head in recent years. But certainly one thing I think many of us always believed was that in the end, when the Supreme Court gives you an order, you follow the Supreme Court order. But even that's not happening. In Alabama, they're, they're literally choosing not to follow the Supreme Court order on congressional uh, redistricting, right? That's right. What, what happened was a, a lower court ruled back in June that Alabama's congressional map, uh, that they, they were required to draw one more majority black district. Black voters or black people make up 27 percent of Alabama's population. They drew only one out of seven districts as a majority black district. Uh, the, the lower court said that's a violation of the Voting Rights Act, um, which bars racially motivated gerrymanders. You need to draw another one. The super, they appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court upheld that lower court decision, said, yep, you need to draw another one. Alabama came back and drew new maps, which did not draw another majority black district, still only one. Um, the lower court again has said you didn't do what we said you had to do. Alabama now has appealed again to the Supreme Court, I think hoping that they can delay long enough to be able to use these racially gerrymandered maps uh, in another congressional election next year. 
And, and that is to some extent what happened, the, the delaying tactic. Uh, what happened in Ohio, uh, we've had Susan Tebbin uh, from the Ohio Capital Journal on and uh, Dave DeWitt, the executive editor there, uh, talking about the Supreme Court has, the Ohio Supreme Court ruled, uh, my memory says five times, I could be wrong, but five times that, right. the, that the maps are unconstitutional. Go back and do them again. And they kept sending back unconstitutional maps. And eventually, as, quote, time ran out, they ended up, we had an election in Ohio that was based on maps that had been declared to be unconstitutional. That's right. And now what's happened is there's been a change of the makeup of the Supreme Court in Ohio, uh, where conservatives now have a majority where they didn't previously. Um, and so, so that the court is now expected to greenlight uh, the, the maps that Republicans now have come up with, which appear to only increase the likely Republican majority. Um, and of course, in, in Ohio, as, as I'm sure you've talked about too, we, we've seen kind of the the level of respect that lawmakers have for the will of voters. Yeah, uh, none. When, when we we saw them uh, push through issue one, which was this attempt to make it more difficult for voters to amend the state constitution, which is something voters have always been able to do in Ohio. Uh, it's always been a 50 percent majority in a, in a ballot measure to change the constitution. They wanted to change it to 60 percent. Uh, and that, thankfully, was was rejected by voters uh, in August. Quite overwhelming. And the the uh, the commission has gotten off to a, a pretty rocky start this time around as well. I think they met one time for an hour or so and and then adjourned. And they're having a hard time reconstituting that commission and getting making any movement yet. That's right. I mean, it's sometimes in the media talked about as they're having a hard time doing it or they're struggling to do it. I think it's more deliberate. They're choosing not to do it. Yeah, they're choosing not to do it because there's a clear strategy of of dragging their feet and delaying so that in the end they can push through maps with very little public scrutiny and very little time to oppose them and have that then rubber stamped by the conservative majority on the Ohio Supreme Court. I think that's the plan. Let's go down to one of the most controversial states, in my opinion, uh, in the country, and that's Florida where they're actually talking about revising the way prosecutors and judges are elected to skew it to a more, I don't know, or to use a conservative, uh, uh, I don't know, to, to skew it the way they want to skew it. Yeah, and this one hasn't, hasn't received nearly as much national attention, so it's, it's worth talking about a little bit. Um, and the backdrop here is, as you know, there have been fights in, in Florida between Governor Ron DeSantis and some of the reform prosecutors who have been elected, mostly in, in urban areas with the support of black voters who have run on uh, positions of you know, criminal justice reform. Um, and, and DeSantis has removed one of those uh, and sort of targeted several others. Uh, now the, the, the Republicans in Florida are floating a, a scheme to uh, sort of redo how the districts are drawn uh, in a way that would give black voters in urban areas much less power to elect the candidates as prosecutors that, that they choose. Um, and, and people who advocates for criminal justice reform are saying that, that pushing this plan through would really be kind of a, a fatal blow to the criminal justice reform movement in Florida, which wherever you stand on criminal justice reform, it appears to be what, what voters, in, at least in certain areas, uh, want from their elected officials. So this is another attempt to kind of undermine 
voters' ability to get what they want at, at the polls. Yeah, again, in a normal world, the will of the people is heard through the voting process, and if someone is elected to an office like that position or not, they were elected to the office. But Governor DeSantis, um, he removed at least one prosecutor, and I think he removed another elected official of some kind. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even understand what power a governor has to remove elected officials, but apparently he does. Well, I, I think in Florida, uh, he may, the courts have said that, that he has that power. Um, but, you know, I think there's a larger principle that uh, voters have the ultimate power to elect the candidates they want. And, and that's a principle that, you know, continues to be undermined, not only in Florida, but in Wisconsin and North Carolina and a number of other places. You know, Zachary, we we talk a lot about impeachment uh, with the with um, Trump, and now they got to talk about impeach, impeachment of Biden. Once upon a, and now we're seeing it in the states in terms of state supreme court justices and and other elected officials. Impeachment used to be a very powerful tool reserved for the most egregious actions, whether it's in a state level or a federal level. Uh, impeachments now become nothing. It seems to me nothing more than a, another tool in the political toolbox anymore. Yeah, that we've really defined impeachment down. Um, it's become, as you say, it's just a, a, another, another tool you can use to gain a political advantage over your opponents. But, you know, there, I guess there is some cause for optimism in Wisconsin in that Republicans floated this idea of impeaching uh, the, the elected liberal justice and um, liberals and democracy advocates in the Democratic Party um, were able to create such a, a backlash of opposition from their voters um, and sort of calls and messages flooding into lawmakers um, that that appears to, at least according to what Democrats have been saying, appears to have had some effect in, in making Republicans think twice about going down this path uh, because they know they're ultimately going to have to face voters on it. Um, and, and now they appear to be, be sort of de delaying and, and dragging their feet. They've, they've announced the commission to study whether, whether she deserves to be impeached, um, which, which a lot of people see as kind of a delaying move. So, you know, maybe the lesson there is when these things are so blatant that you can gin up popular opposition to it, uh, that's the most effective way to stop it. Do you feel optimist, optimistic or pessimistic moving forward with these kinds of actions? Um, I think there's reasons for both because, you know, of course, we, we, we've seen this concerning trend of anti-democratic moves that I wrote about in the piece, uh, and that's a growing, growing wave. Uh, but at the same time, what gets less attention is we're seeing all sorts of efforts to expand democracy uh, in states around the country. So, um, you know, the number of, state, of laws passed in the states to make voting easier um, actually w was was a lot larger than, than the number to make voting more difficult in the last session, uh, especially in blue states. You know, we're, we're seeing efforts to fix the redistricting process. Uh, we're seeing all sorts of efforts to reform how we do elections, um, to, to um, you know, rank choice voting, um, to, to make election outcomes correspond more closely to what voters want. So I think rather than a kind of a one-sided assault on democracy, which maybe it was for a while, we're actually seeing two sides, kind of a, a battle being joined and two sides fighting it out on the question of 
are we going to make a more expansive, more inclusive, more efficient democracy, or are we going to uh, move, you know, uh, uh, towards a more restrictive uh, political system that, that undermines what people want? Zachary, I encourage people to read your article because you go in more depth into some of the things that we've talked about in the surface here, get a little more detail about how some of these things are playing out in states across the country. But as I said at the beginning, it is not an incident or a couple of incidents. There is clearly a trend going on, and people should check it out. For our listeners here, if you want to check it out, the OhioCapitalJournal.com has a copy of uh, Zachary's article. Uh, West Virginia Watch, WVWatch.com, that I frequently uh, reference, does as well. So you'll find uh, easy reading. Uh, but it, it goes more in-depth, and I encourage everybody to check it out. Zachary, I pre anything else you want to say? But otherwise, I want to say I appreciate your time this morning, and I appreciate the work you put into this. Uh, well, thank you, and thanks so much for having me. We'll have you again soon. Appreciate it. Okay. Zachary Roth writes for the State's Newsroom, which is a umbrella organization. They write a lot of articles as part of a nonprofit news organization. They feed articles to things like the Ohio Capital Journal and to uh, WVUWatch.com. Uh, apparently not all of you like this. Howard, these interviews you do are comical. Uh, you would realize how silly you are if you could just listen, how totally one-sided you are. Uh, the only people who are listening are people that uh, agree with you. Well, I, if that's who listens, that's uh, it's okay. But I don't find them silly at all. I find that the efforts to steal democracy are, I don't know, pretty important. But take it for what it's worth. 937, 23 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Final check with Taylor Long from the Ohio Valley Newsroom. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on the September the 26th. One of our local schools recently got one of the highest honors a school can get, and officials have been celebrating ever since. At last night's Ohio County Board of Education meeting, the board took some time to honor the teachers of Ritchie Elementary School for their efforts that allow Ritchie to be named a National Blue Ribbon School. Superintendent Kim Miller praised the teachers for their ability to instill pride within their students and said they have helped put Ritchie on the map. Principal Jordan also went over some of the details on the application process. He says he's proud to be a Hornet and that he may never stop wearing that Richie blue. And Peyton City Wildcats rallied outside Magnolia High School before the Wetzel County Board of Education meeting dressed in their signature green. Students, staff, parents and community members are no strangers to the idea of reconfiguration of Peyton City High School and Magnolia High School in New Martinsville. And many have been adamant in their arguments against this move. Students brought signs, others circled in prayer, and staff took to the podium to speak, hoping that the board would decide against the reconfiguration. The decision to close Payton City High School and merge into Magnolia was not approved by the Board of Education members at this meeting. They are still gathering details, so stay with 7 News for more updates on this decision. And looking across the nation, residents of Maui are finally being allowed back to their properties following a devastating wildfire. Locals and business owners and some of the zones cleared by the EPA will be allowed to assess the destruction with escorts. Officials are providing protective equipment, including respirators and N95 masks. They warn people that neighborhoods will be unrecognizable. And at least 97 people were killed by the flames and smoke last month. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. 
Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Hey, 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 it's a beautiful day. I can't stop myself from smiling. If I drink in there. It's a beautiful day, and yeah, not really, but uh, it's it's a we make we try our best to make it beautiful here inside. Michael Bublé, it was, and uh, what a great line! If we're drinking, I'm, I'm buying. buying. <laughs> Nine forty-two, eighteen to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You know, I'm thinking about this last text that comes in. I, I, I ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am seventy years old. I've been doing this for over fifty years. I've made my share of mistakes, and I've made my share of great successes. And at this stage in my life, if you think that these texts where you try to make me feel inferior or you think that letters you choose to send are going to make me feel somehow less, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, maybe once upon a time when I was a much younger, I'm 70 years old. I've done it for 50 years. It just rolls off my back. You, this guy says uh, it's comical. Yes, it is. I laugh at you. I laugh at you. Sometimes I'm not going to send you into the pit. Sometimes I send people into the pit where I hope they eat dog food. I'm not going to send this person, but I appreciate, you know, you want to do that, absolutely feel free to text me. The Frio Stack Auction Service text line is 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Text me anytime. And you want to offer criticism, you're welcome to do it because it doesn't make a damn bit of difference to me. Speaking of Frio Stack. Yes, sir. We have an auction coming up, Howard, and this is the place. Let's have an auction. What's Jim, in my, that what Jim says? Let's have an auction. Let's have one. It'll be Wednesday. This is the place where all of the auctions of those antiques all summer long came from. It's the antique store in Brookside. 
The address is 871 National Road. It's a commercial building, prime location, high right, traffic. Right there on National Road in Bridgeport. has Shoot. everything you want, a garage in the back. As Howard pointed out, it's a handicap accessible right there, a ramp in, in front. And the auction is going to be tomorrow. Get there at noon. Check it out real good because the auction starts at 1 o'clock. So tomorrow. It doesn't start at 102. No, it starts at 1 o'clock. And don't be doesn't late. It doesn't start at 12.58. And uh, it's a nice building, great location, about three doors down from Sunny Boy to give you an idea where it is there in Brookside. But uh, check it out. And if you want to look, look, uh, take a, a closer look, you can go to uh, FrioStack.com, and it's it's right there. You can uh, check it out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, one of our fine sponsors. Always enjoy hearing from Jimmy and for, from Shane. And um, we encourage you to go check out the – again, it's a great location. If you're thinking about something out in the – it's right there in the heart of the Lansing – what I call the Lansing Valley, Lansing, Bridgeport, uh, Brookside, all those area. Right there on the main road, you couldn't do you couldn't do any better if you're looking for a location. It's a two store building, uh, has a two thousand eight hundred and sixteen square feet, full basement, has a garage in the back. Again, go check it out. This, this is a really really prime listing. Yep, check it out. Uh, free on and if you, again, as Bob said, if you want to check it out online, go to freeonstack.com and you can and uh, you can check that out. It's nine forty five, quarter till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You're gonna make a run And you plan on having fun The one place you should know Gumby's Grab and Go sports talk we got the goods all night long tune into sports map radio evenings and overnights on fm 98.1 am 1600 we are the watchdog need a new suit looking for a good book searching for a unique gift the ohio valley's premier shopping choice is the highlands find jewelry hot new tech arts and crafts over two dozen stores to visit from Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Thirteen of the hour, Watchdog Morning Show, uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line three zero four two one four sixteen hundred. Same person who said that my interviews were comical, uh, then comes back and says, "I really enjoy your show, Howard, <laughs> and I admire your ability to listen to opposite opinions, and your food opinions reach out to all two sides. Reach out to all sides." He is an expert on that. Ha ha ha! Why is he saying ha 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 about my food opinions? Well, I think he's just you know kind of. 
enjoying it. Howard. Enjoying. Okay, it's an, it's a ha. It's it's not a ha of derision. It's a ha of enjoyment. No, he enjoys it. Howard. All right. He enjoys All right. it. Well, one thing I have I have opinions on just about everything, and certainly food, without any doubt, uh, is one of them. Does until the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. The story would probably not be one I would bring to the program, except that the question is, why did it take so long to happen? A criminal charge filed against a homeless person for allegedly assaulting a city employee in Wheeling who was working in East Wheeling earlier this month. One count of battery filed in magistrate court against 34-year-old Roland Copney, uh, currently living in Wheeling. (laughs) The police department says, I love the phrase, he is believed to be situationally homeless. Situationally homeless. Okay, Howard, I was out and about a little bit Friday, and uh, I, I forgot all about this. I had three different people tell me a story, and I don't know if it had anything to do with Mr. Cockney or not, but it did have something to do with homeless, and there are problems there in East Wheeling. And uh, one of these problems was the stories I heard that a homeless person was carrying a mach- like a, a hatchet. I think a you, you mentioned that, yeah. And uh, there's been some dispute, like they're, they're just, they're not doing anything. When I'm talking about them, I mean law enforcement that's being called. So we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, three different people told me about the, the, the homeless uh, problems that it's creating there in East Wheeling, Howard. Uh, Mr., the, 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 what bothers me about this particular story is, and I, I, am try, I try not to jump into this, you know, the homeless are all bad kind of thing, or that the police are ignoring it. Ronald Burkett, who works for the city of Wheeling, was assigned to a crew to clean up a dump site uh, near in East Wheeling when uh, Mr. Copney allegedly punched Burkett in the jaw during a confrontation. And yes, as you point out, uh, Bob, in, in this particular case, Mr. Burkett, a, an employee of the city of Wheeling, told city council this week that the man had a machete. So that's absolutely, you're absolutely right. Mr. Burkett said to city council, the man had a machete. What concerns me is that Burkett had to go to Wheeling City Council and complain about why nothing had been done. I think the incident was Friday. The, the council was Tuesday. So between Friday and Tuesday, he said, why did I, I was punched and the guy had a machete. Why wasn't something done? And nothing was done apparently until the following Friday. So I'm, I'm not jumping up and down and yelling and screaming, but I, I, why did it have to get to that point? If, if this is a city employee and he says, I was punched, forget, forget homeless. I was punched by Bob Slider. I was punched by Howard Monroe. I was punched by Rosemary Ketchum. I don't care. I, I was punched in the face and the person had a machete. Why was there not action done before? Now, after going to council, and maybe this isn't the case, but after going to council, then an action is taken. Now it looks like they didn't do anything until the council got riled up about it. And you know what? I don't care about hurt feelings or not, but people wonder why there's so much opposition about inviting all the homeless to come to Wheeling and live. Again, because these things do happen occasionally. I'm not saying all the time either, Howard, but i uh, got to keep an eye on this. Anyways, it's a story that I probably wouldn't have even talked about. I mean, a guy gets arrested for punching somebody else, homeless or not. But the fact that it took a week between the incident and the arrest, and it took, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, took five days before it went to public conversation for council, that shouldn't, that's, that's not right. I, I'm not, I don't know who I'm blaming if I'm blaming anybody, but something... 
Uh, something stinky in Helsinki there. All right, let's talk to Bob Westfall. He's here from the Big 7, WTRF-TV in the uh, TV7 newsroom. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you doing? Well, it's uh, almost quitting time. You know, I tell you every day, it's almost quitting time. Now, the big question is, sleep or eat first when I get off the air? Oh, come on. You're, you'll find a way to do both. Well, I will do both. Yeah, it's just, yeah, like, yesterday, I'm, I people say I asked my wife to do too much. Yesterday, I went home. I was so tired. I laid down. I said, honey, I'm going to take a nap. Why don't you go out and get me some food? <laughs> so, and she did. Brought back some Coleman's fish sandwich and some Coleman's soup and Coleman's shrimp boat. And I was a happy camper because I got both my nap and my food. And the best okay. thing was I didn't even have to go out and do it. Bless I'm my little wife. Bless poisoned. my lovely wife for that. And I'm surprised you weren't poisoned. I, well, every, you know, every time I go to the doctors for my routine checkup and they run down my pills and so on, I always say, listen, my wife gives me all my pills on a regular – she puts the pills in a little container and hands them to me. I tell them, if anything strange happens, be aware of that. <laughs> the wife is the one who puts out the pills. No, she would never do that to me. Bob, she wouldn't do it to me, would she? What kind of insurance policy are we talking about, Howard? I got a good policy. Yeah, that's, maybe that's. Well, I just thinking telling her to go out and get dinner is like a little uh, cavemanish in the twenty first century. Uh, well, it may be a smidgen. I was tired, Bob. I was just I was tired. I just needed to. I needed. I needed my rest. Yeah. I needed my yeah. nappy. Um. Probably. Gosh, you want cheese? You want cheese with that? Yeah, it's probably not setting the best example for my kids, and especially my grandkid either. So, <laughs> all right. Bob, um, does he wine like this all the time? Certain days, yes, sir, Bob. <laughs> uh, okay. Bob, I understand there was um, a bus crash this morning, although uh, it looked like it was no injuries, correct? I know if, if I'm leading you to a place you didn't want to go, I apologize, but I think I saw the piece on your website. Yeah, uh, apparently a school bus this morning. I want to say it on Box Hill Road here in Ohio County. A uh, car basically backed into a bus. Uh, you've got the picture on our website. Um, it's an interesting backing into. Yes, though, it is. By looking at it. Uh, so, um, yeah, it looks like. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Um, officials say one adult, three students were in the vehicle. So in the van, but no the bus was the empty. Bus. In the the bus was empty. Yep. Yep. No one injured. So yep. Uh, so a little bit uh, traffic delay this morning on Boggs Hill Run. All right. Well, that, uh, I assume that's all over. There, nobody with. hurt. Yep. So, so always hate to hear that. Always hate to hear that kind of thing. Though. I hate to hear a bus. I hate to hear any kind of crash, but a bus crash in particular. What else yeah. you got going today? Yeah. All right, a few things we're working on. We know uh, what we can tell you is there's an event this afternoon at Cleveland Cliffs, the former we uh, Weirton Steel in Weirton. Uh, according to uh, Mark Liptis, uh, 2911 Union Head, uh, there's going to be a tour by the head of uh, Cleveland Cliffs. Uh, he's going to tour the, th uh, the mill. Uh, we've got several dignitaries uh, supposed to be there as well. Um, in regards to some of the rulings recently when it comes to tin plate, uh, some of the rulings actually have gone in favor of the United States tin plate manufacturers. Uh, so I think they're uh, going to incorporate all that into this event. Uh, that's later this afternoon. DK, uh, DK will be covering that story today. So a uh, little bit of... Uh, um, good news for the steel industry, uh, what's left in the Ohio Valley. Um, so uh, we'll be up there today. 
Uh, got that. Um, Boris and Bordis. This is pretty. This is cool. They're making their uh, check presentation to the Ogle Foundation. $10,000 to go towards the Access to the Park Scholarship. So uh, they make that presentation this afternoon. So we're excited about that. Uh, looks like we're going to be dealing with some drizzly rain here in the next couple of days. So we've got that. And I think uh, Scott Erdogan is going to have Team of the Week today. So those are some of the things we're working on as we speak. People can always uh, check it out on air at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 530 is the region-wide show. And, of course, um, WTRF.com is the award-winning website where there's all sorts of news and information being posted all day long. If there's something breaking in the news world, you can find it. If there's something interesting just sort of happening in general, that's usually there at WTRF.com. And if you are too lazy to even go to the website, just carry Channel 7 in your pocket with the Storm Tracker 7 app and the news app uh, on your smartphone or your tablet. And set it for push notifications, and so if something happens, it'll go ding, and then you'll know to get your phone out and take a look and see what happens. So there you go. My wife and I have a have a have a little bit of a uh, a competition, Bob, uh, to see who gets to see the TV Seven News alert first. You know, we'll both hear a ding ding, and she'll try and get to it to tell me before I can tell her what's <laughs> what's going on. So. Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of fight over that. Not fight over that, but it's, we it's do the a little, same thing here. Yeah, it's a little competition to see who who sees the alert first. All right, sir, I appreciate it. Tomorrow is, our, is your day off with us, so uh, I will talk to you again on Thursday. In the meantime, have yourself a great time. All right, guys, you have a good one. Appreciate it. Bob Westfall from the Big 7 uh, WTRF-TV. Do you, do you, yeah, Nancy and I, we both have the alerts on our phone, and we'll be sitting in the living room, ding, ding, and it's like, who, who's going to? She wants to be sure. She pulls hers up and tells me the news first, so. Again, Howard, you have all those alerts, all those bells and jingles. Your phone goes off quite a bit. Ding, 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 ding. Sometimes it it doesn't ding and remind me that you've just posted to the wrong Twitter account. That's what you need. Yes, that's what that's what one person barely needed in the Ohio County school system. But actually, you know what's neat is that. Many of my alerts have, like, I can tell by the sound of the alert. If it's a weather alert, I get a different sound. If it's ESPN, I get a different sound. Uh, if it's Channel 7, I get, so I, I can actually tell without even looking to see where the alert just is. Just by the ping. Just by the ping. Just by the ping. Ping, 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 ping. And then I go and see what's there. Ping, ping. Ping, ping. Ping, ping. What's that tell you, Howard? Ping, ping. Is that time to go? We're out of time. We're out of time. Ping, ping. Hold on. Let me check. Yes, it says we're out of time. Uh, You know what? Once again, I did not get to the Joe Manchin stories I wanted to talk about. We will get to those tomorrow. Uh, I have no idea what else we're going to do tomorrow because I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll get Bray Carey on. (laughs) No, that's a great interview. Hey, Bray, if you're around, uh, remember me? Uh, You used to be my landlord over the other place until you said we had to get out. Uh, If you want to come on, love to hear what you gave the money to JJ for. all right, that's it. Uh, Got to say, sign our see you, bye bye, farewell. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Kerchival is coming up with statewide talk line, and uh, Mr. Slider and I shall return tomorrow morning at seven o'clock for another go round of this big gig. We will find entertaining and informative things to talk about, or as the texter says, maybe we'll just be comical. I don't know. Come back around and join us tomorrow morning.
Sports, FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville.